Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Emma Jolly. She's a UK genealogist. And Emma, I know that you were a contributor to one of my favorite BBC shows, which is The Wedding Detectives with Cole Morton and Charlotte Sibtane. But tell tell us a little bit more about yourself, and then we'll just jump in and talk about UK research and things yeah okay so I live in Edinburgh now my surname so the jolly line is actually from Scotland it's from slightly further north um, than here that in Kincardenshire which is now part of Aberdeenshire so my happy to be on the east like my ancestors were and but I lived in London for 20 years and so I did loads of research there so I still specialize in London genealogy and general genealogy I grew up in Lancashire and then I was at university in Sussex. So I've been all over the place. I lived in Lincolnshire as well. And I've been in Devon as well. So all over the place. And then, yeah, now I am a genealogist and I'm a writer as well. I've done several books and I work for the Society of Genealogists as their, their newsletter editor. And I write stories, feature stories for them. Yeah. So let's talk about your books. You have one on the census records, which is a a big deal since the 1921 census was just released this year. Yeah, the census is very popular. I mean, obviously, it's an essential tool for genealogy, but this is really giving the basics. So it's called a guide to tracing your family history using the census. It has my grandpa on the cover as a little boy, which is very nice. And it, it really provides the historical context and social context for each um, of the, the main censuses that we use in genealogy so in England, Wales, Scotland from 1841 and then 1851 every, every 10 years there and it gives background to some of the earlier censuses and some examples and then looks at things that aren't census but are similar to the census like the 1939 register that, that we use a lot in English and Welsh genealogy. Hmm. Well I remember when I used to come over for Who Do You Think You Are Live which was just so much fun. Yeah, it was great. I miss those shows. I do. I miss those shows. And 
people would come up to, I was in a little booth doing photo dating with a couple of other people and uh, people would come up with photographs from all over the world because mm. the British empire was all over the world. Yeah. And so one of the books that you've written is British India. Yeah. Tracing your British Indian ancestors. So yeah, it's really, it should be really tracing your ancestors who were in British India or something along those lines. But yeah, because it's mainly a guide to researching British and European ancestors in India rather than researching Indian people as such although it looks at records like Christian records which would be mainly European ancestors but it, 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 there were um, others as well and some Jewish records as well but uh, why yeah, did you decide why did you decide to work on that book is there something in your own family history that triggered your interest no, lots of people assume that is why, but it's actually because I used to live in the London borough of Camden, which, so I used to live near Highgate Cemetery, which is quite a lot of people know that world famous cemetery. And that's at the top of the borough of Camden. And then right at the bottom of the borough of Camden is King's Cross and that area. And that's where the British Library is. So it, it was a bus ride for me to get to the British Library. And that was out of the main archives in London that was my nearest one and so I used to work there regularly and British Library is where the India office records are now held so I used to work there often I had to do a test to prove that I was um, competent at using the records and I just had an understanding from from being experienced at how the records were used and the pen and sword the publishing company had tried to get a book like this written for some time and other experts in the field weren't available to write it so I think I'd been working on something else I'd I'd done my family history for kids book and they were aware of that so yeah I was I was suggested because I was just in the library all the time you were in the right you were in the right place (laughs) at the right time yeah exactly that's what it was it's a locational thing and then you have another called women at war yeah, so I did this with the Society of Genealogists, um, who I work for, and um, this is it's a, a guide to resources because um, researching women at war, and it it's particularly focuses on First World War and the Second World War. There are other periods as well, but they're the main focuses. And uh, this is a really underexplored area, so I really wanted to work out what was available, where it was. And then through through the book, I give case studies as well, which were kindly sent by various um, genealogy friends of mine, those sort of people's relatives. And some of my friends had letters uh, from their ancestors and others had photos. Got a few people who worked at Bletchley Park, for oh. example. Yeah, exactly. So all, all kinds of experiences, nurses who were overseas, and, and it, yeah, it's just, it's a whole list of, of, of how to do this research and where to look and what's available and how to think about it. Well, all of us that do research need guidebooks like the ones that you've written because we can't yeah. know everything and certainly not everything is online. No. Although there's that impression sometimes that it is. And, and sometimes well, I think you- with the, yeah, sorry, so I was just going to say with, with records being online, it's, it's great that they're online. I love records haven't been digitized, but you have to know how to use them. Because there are so many people I know who just they'll go to one of the big websites and they'll just put in some names and say, right, I've got a family tree. And it's it's more that within these big subscription sites, there are 
sections data sets within that and we have to know how to use those what the context is of those and that's where books are, are useful because they they guide you through and they make sure that you're checking each of these different data sets and also the ones that aren't online you know where they are and, and who to contact to get that information yeah i mean people come to me with all their photographs from all over the world you know Rhode the u.s is sort of a melting pot obviously and People think that researching a photograph is about, well, and it is looking at the photographer or the clothing or the family history, but we also do a lot of research. Like we need the research, yeah. the the resources. So if yeah. someone comes to me with a UK photograph, I may need to look at the census records and your book yeah. or women at war or it'd be wonderful British India. <laughs> For instance, you, you can't do the photo research without having uh, a good basic knowledge of how to do all the other kinds of research and you need it exactly. and we need people like you. So let's talk if we can. I don't know if you're if you have a non-disclosure with the BBC for the wedding detectives, but tell me a little bit about what you were working on for the wedding detectives. Okay, so there have been two series of The Wedding Detectives. And so Charlotte, who you mentioned before, she um, was based in London at the same time that I was. And she, I think we we knew each other through Twitter. And she had an exhibition of her wedding photographs in near Oxford Circus. That was, again, quite an easy place for me to get to. So I went to her exhibition and kind of met her. So that was that was great. The exhibition was brilliant because the photos are just so fascinating and just so all these stories that you can, you know, and so many questions because there were so many of the photographs that don't have information um, on and then the other ones they did and they were able to solve some mysteries. So, and it was, it was in a beautiful little place, a little kind of chapel place. It was really, really nice. And so fast forward to now and, and I heard, so the, the first series I heard it and there was one particular episode which featured Mary Wesley, the author. And she was, when I was growing up, Mary Wesley was one of my favourite authors and I have a biography of her. And so I understood all the references, that the references were to the Camomile Lawn, which there was a Channel 4 drama series of that as well, which I watched when I was a teenager. So I just thought, oh, this is brilliant. What a fantastic series this is. And, you know, went into the photographs that Charlotte has and it, all this exciting research. And so for the second series, I got in touch and said, oh, I don't know if you know about The Wedding Detective. I, was like, I do know about it oh yeah no I'm so excited I really want to work on it so yeah they said um can you work on two of the episodes so it was, it was the second one and the third one and then and can you help do some research on those and one of those was a woman in the WR WAFs and um, so so that was kind of relevant to women at war and then um, and the other one was using London resources as well. So yeah, it was it, yeah, it was really exciting to, to work on that. So I had to do a little bit of background research. And one bit where there was on the program that the photo was reunited with the sis, the niece, and the niece had been named after the woman in the photograph, and she died. That I, I did contact that niece. That was like that was my little contribution so so yeah. that's and that that was very exciting to 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 get in touch and say look we, we've got something and it's and so and so obviously hearing on the program when Cole and Charlotte went to meet Denise that was that was really nice because she you know she was so happy and she was so engaged uh, with the story she was so pleased to have the photo well I met Charlotte I think through Instagram yeah and reached out to her when the podcast, my podcast was really new. 
And we did this talk and, you know, we talked and chatted about wedding photos because I have a huge collection and she has a huge collection and we just yak, yak, yaked about wedding photos. And then I said to her, what would you like to see? You know, what would you like to do with all of these wedding photos? And she was like, oh, it'd be nice to have an exhibit. You know, she didn't, BBC didn't even come up. She was like, might be nice to have a book. And so, so this was a while ago. This it was, was a while ago. A so this ago. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Really exciting to yeah. see what they've been able to do, combining all of their skills and your skills as well, to d- discover the background story to some of these images that look yeah. like ordinary, happily ever after images. And then mm-hmm. the story goes haywire, usually. <laughs> Well, that's the thing with wedding stories. I mean, like so many films that a lot of us were brought up on and a lot of the you know, fairy tales and so on, they end with the wedding. They end with the kind of, oh, you know, the, finally they get together and that's it. They live happily ever after. And then, yeah, but we see this in this snapshot, the happily ever after picture. And then, yeah, as researchers, we're, we're actually finding out that that's not always the case. Well, they end with the wedding for good reason. Yeah, so I'll make sure I put the link to the wedding detectives and your books in the uh, in the show notes for this episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Like, what are you working on now? And what's your what's your? I I know I've been a researcher. What are you interested in? Like, what would you like to know more about? I guess living in Scotland, I'd like to explore my Scottish ancestors a bit more and explore the places more. Um, I need to do that. I haven't been out of Edinburgh all that much. I've only really been in the Edinburgh area actually since I moved there because I moved during the pandemic. So it's been, um, it hasn't been a great time to sort of explore. But uh, yeah, I would like to be more familiar with the world in which my ancestors lived in Scotland. And I have been there once, but I didn't spend very much time. So I'd like to spend more time because they live near the sea and they live near castles and they lived you know that the area where they lived is is really amazing it's really beautiful area and it it would be interesting to explore that and just really get a feel for it you know get a feel for the the world that they experienced I mean uh, my ancestor um so my four times great grandmother she lived until she was 92 and I always think wow that's she was a crofter crofting wife and then I think oh she did quite it must have been quite a healthy area for her to live until 92 I think that's quite impressive that's a hard so life to into that yeah I'm, I'm very interested in them um, from um, the writing that I'm doing I'm really interested in memoir writing I'm really interested in um the ethics of it um the nature of truth and how we represent that that memory the fallibility of memory so I'm just interested in trying to read as many memoirs as I can at the moment and books on memoir writing because there's some been some really interesting ones like um Danny Shapiro's Inheritance and and some other ones that so that have been in, in a kind of um touching on genealogy and family history there's a new one out there's a brand new U.S. book out. It's Maud. by Maud. Uh, I just yeah. interviewed her for the podcast. Oh, right. It's, it's riveting. All right. That's on my list. It's like at the top of my list. So, yeah, I have to, I have to read that now then. And I read that in as well. just a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. So, very good. And you'll have to listen yeah. to the episode when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you have any family still living in those areas of Scotland where they were from? Or are they all immigrated out? No, I mean, the, the last one to live there was my great-great-grandfather, um, and he joined the army, joined the Royal Engineers. And so he uh, moved, well, he moved with the Royal Engineers, and then he was abroad for a while. 
And then he was given um, a job in an arms factory in Enfield, in, which is on the outskirts of London. And he unfortunately died at quite a young age of meningitis. So that was that was him. And then the rest of the family, his wife was English. So they, they just stayed in the Enfield area. Hmm. But yeah, so no one, no one from there. I'm also really interested in truth and mm. the stories that get passed down. Why do they get passed down in this yeah. particular way and yeah. what parts of it are true? And this comes up a lot when people meet with me to talk about their photographs. Yeah. There are whole stories woven around what people in the family have said is going on in the picture. And mostly it's not really based in reality. Usually there's a tiny little bit that's true, but it's a bit like, I don't know if you ever played the game of telephone when you were a kid where you sit in a circle and the person, this is like, you know, pre-gaming. So people sit in a circle and you come up with a sentence, say, and you say it into the ear of the person next to you. Yeah, and they yeah, say, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, and it goes okay. all around yeah. the circle. And yeah. then the last person has to say what they heard. And it yeah. usually there's no resemblance. Yeah, no resemblance or little resemblance. Yeah. So it's it's a very interesting to me how that occurs and how stories yeah. morph over time. Yeah, I was actually I was watching a television drama the other day, and um, it they had the Spanish flu in it, and it just reminded me because so that was say nineteen eighteen to nineteen twenty. My grandma was born in nineteen ten, and I grew up with my grandma. She lived in the same house as me, so I knew her pretty well and then and she never mentioned anything about Spanish flu and when the pandemic started and there were a lot of comparisons at the beginning of uh, the COVID pandemic with Spanish flu so I had to look at some of the historic newspapers and the newspapers for the area where she lived and the schools in her um, parish were all closed during you know as a result of Spanish flu in the way that schools were in, you know under COVID and you know grandma had never mentioned any of that at all and I was just thinking oh I was, I was thinking oh I wish I could bring her back to life to sort of ask, ask her well, all I, about it yeah that's true I have a colleague whose specialty is epidemics and she's mm. been doing a lot of stuff with obviously the Spanish influenza but I was also just like you puzzled by the fact that no one ever talked about it like it just it just was never mentioned when I think about my family and they all I think all but one of them survived, but no one ever spoke about the what it was like to live during that period. Mm-hmm. Those stories are never passed down. And then, of course, we have covid and it's mm-hmm. like, well, it must have been pretty awful. And it's selective memory. Why talk yeah. about something so unpleasant when you've lost so many people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I still have so many questions. I'm just kind of trying to imagine asking grandma all these questions, but, you know. I I, I, I do have that with pretty much everything because every time, you know, there's a new census release or a new uh, 1939 register or, you know, anything, and then I have some documents. I think, oh, grandma, what you said wasn't right. Look. Yeah, yeah. Then we have generational amnesia. And so some of the women that um, I interviewed for my book, Women at War, they weren't allowed to speak about anything because they'd signed the Official Secrets Act and it was on pain of death that they could not say anything. And so it was only decades later that 
they actually started to speak. And so a lot of the women who were at Bletchley and men who were at Bletchley, that that so many of the people in their family were just astonished when they found out that their relation had had these, you know, these sort of wartime adventures, really. That they'd been there. Have you worked alongside Alan Turing and all of that sort of thing? Have you read Kate Quinn's The Rose Code? No, that sounds good. It uh, it involves some time at Bletchley Park. Ah, okay. Yeah. I have visited Bletchley, and it is it's quite it's quite a low key place. You know, lots of exciting things went on in somewhere that was quite kind of shabby around the edges, and quite. I mean, it's a beautiful house, beautiful building, but you know these little sort of shed things outside. It's yeah. I haven't been there, not yet. Yeah. So while you're studying memoir, does this encourage you to write down your memories now? Um, I sort of keep diaries on and off. Uh, I, I wish I'd done more. I used to keep diaries when I was very young and then I destroyed the diaries and I just think, why did I do that? That was so stupid. I don't, I have no idea why I did that. I have, I've got some more recent ones, but they're not very detailed. But yeah, I should, I should keep better diaries. I guess I have I do a lot of social media posts and I'm always thinking oh well, that my social media posts are a form of diary in a sense yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah so do you have a lot of photographs of your family no so when I was growing up my grandparents just said they didn't know anything <laughs> they were very forthcoming and then eventually some photos appeared so yeah I've got I've got this one on the front of my that's on the front of my census book and this was one I think somebody gave it to my mum, but we didn't have it in the house. It was something that appeared later. But yeah, I, I like my my great grandmother there. She has a very beautiful face. I like seeing my great grandmother. Yeah, it's a beautiful family shot. Yeah, yeah, and plus, if they were from a small town, maybe not access to the photo studios as much um, as if they were living in London. Yeah, I mean, my London family, they have some photos. There is a photo of my great-great-grandfather, the one who was from Scotland, who was in the Royal Engineers, a photo of him in his uniform. And it looks like he's standing in the garden of his house in Enfield. That's, and the age he appears to be in the photo, that that all seems to fit. So mm. we, we think that's what was going on. So that would have been not long before he died. And I have, I've got a picture on my window ledge that's from the 1920s. That was a, so that's a, distant relative who gave me that so I made contact with her through Facebook and then that's of my great-great-grandparents which are her great-grandparents so that's pretty nice having that photo because they were that was just before they died I think they were in their 80s in that photo Mm. so yeah yeah so we all have family history mysteries what's your family history mystery Probably the DNA test a few years ago revealed that I'm essentially an eighth Jewish. So, yeah, and I'd had a, I had thought that one of my great grandfathers probably wasn't biologically my great grandfather. It turns out that would appear to be the case, and instead it is someone who's Jewish. And yeah, so I've got I've managed to work out the family, but there are a number of brothers in the family, and I thought I knew which one it was. And it turns out that's not quite, it's not 100%. It could be him, but it could be one of the other brothers as well. So that's kind of where I am at the moment. And and there's a lot, you know, even even if I solve which one it is, there's still a lot of questions over what what exactly was going on there. 
So uh, it was it was really exciting to have Jewish ancestry. I'm very proud to have some Ashkenazi ancestry. Yeah, that's a good mystery. Mm. That's a very good mystery. I mean, we often look to DNA to solve some things that we can't solve. You know, I have a couple of, you know, sort of dead ends in my family tree where I think you always mention the same parents. You always mention you came from the same place, but there doesn't appear to be anyone in that area to attach to you. So were you dropped by an alien yeah. ship? <laughs> <laughs> will I find a DNA match that will help me solve this? I really have absolutely no no clue at this point. So I just keep sort of chipping away at it and hope for a breakthrough. Family history, I think, is endlessly fascinating. Obviously, you're a genealogist, you feel the same way. And the way it all fits together, where we have all the pieces, the DNA piece is just a new piece of it. But we have photographs and we have documents and we have family history and family stories. You answer one family history question, and then there's 10 more that pop up. Or we identify who's in a photograph, and then there's a 10 other questions that pop up for yeah. that as well. So there's always more questions, which keeps us all going that yeah. hunt for the unknown. The detective. Yeah, work. it's endless. It's, endless. it's like when people say, Oh, so is your family tree done now? It's like, No, the family tree is never done. It's, that's just, there's no done. That's, no. It's, it's never done. Yeah. Never, ever done. Well, Emma, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the photo detective. Thanks for having me. Yeah, keep in touch. Let me know if you work on any more really cool projects. And uh, yeah, it was great talking with you. And someday maybe I'll get back to Edinburgh. Yeah, 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 definitely. Come and um, and visit. We'll we'll go out for a cup of tea or something. That sounds great. (laughs) I would love that. It's one of my favorite cities. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.